0: Hello and welcome to Queer as Fact, the podcast bringing you queer history from around the world and throughout time. My name is Eli. I'm Alice. I'm Irene. And today we're talking about the most notorious trans man in turn of the century Seattle, Harry Allen. <laughs> First of all, this is our first episode of Season 4, so welcome back everyone. We're very excited to be back with this topic. Our patrons voted on and chose the topic of this episode, so thank you to them. We have some content warnings before we get started with this episode. This episode will contain discussions of peritypical transphobia as well as police harassment throughout, but I will note that it it does not involve police brutality or any of it violence in the public police. We'll also be discussing suicide, incidents of violence, including family violence, a stabbing, and brief mentions of animal abuse, sex work and sex trafficking, and alcoholism in Indigenous communities. If any of that sounds like something that you don't want to listen to, please feel free to skip this one and listen to a different episode. So just to clarify who Harry Allen is at the start of this, because it's one of the more obscure people that we're going to do. Harry Allen is just like some trans guy who lived in the early 20th century Pacific Northwest in the United States. And the reason why we know who he is is because a bunch of newspapers wrote a series of sensationalistic articles about him over like 20 years. But he's just a guy. He's just a guy, you know.
1: Were they sensationalist articles like he was doing things or just like, wow, this sure is a trans man? He is definitely going to get arrested
0: approximately 7,000 times. (laughs) Okay. But he also, it also is somewhat just like, wow, it sure is a trans man. Okay, okay. So that's the situation. So there's no biography of him. There never will be. We don't have enough information for that. My sources on this are pretty much just a whole bunch of articles from like the Seattle Daily Times from 1905 and so forth. And, therefore, the sources have the problems that you'd expect. They often contradict each other, they often have a dubious and nebulous relationship with the truth. I'm also definitely missing a bunch, so I got maybe like 70-ish articles that I found, but it's obvious that there are more out there, and indeed I kept like turning up more every now and then Mm -hmm. until it got to the point where I was like, well, I just can't keep looking. I have to do the episode now. So there is more information out there. Maybe what I have isn't even a representative sample.
1: Hopefully it is.
0: Yeah. So, you know, if you ever feel like just sitting around in some archive in like the state of Washington somewhere, you know, have fun. <laughs> I will note that all of these articles refer to Harry by his birth name and by female pronouns, because of course they do. This presents some logistical issues about how to deal with quoting these articles. Yeah. So, we are actually going to talk a little bit more about how to deal with historical figures' birth names later on, specifically trans historical figures. I guess for cis people it's fine. (laughs) But for now I'll just note that I'm going to avoid mentioning what his birth name was and I'm going to preserve the pronouns used in quotes, but outside of quotes we'll use he him pronouns. Yeah. So I wanted to start by just sort of going over the general tone of these articles so you can get a bit of an idea of what this is like. The earliest article I have, although it's obviously not the first time he's been in the papers, is from Valentine's Day in 1900 from the seattle daily times and basically it recounts uh, the story of harry being recognized on the street by a police officer who apparently has had encounters with him before the police officer decides he's going to try and arrest him harry sees this police officer coming for him takes off his coat hands it to his friend runs over to a nearby rock pile and picks up a stone to throw at the cop And is then subdued and arrested.
1: Okay, okay. I like that he took off his coat. Why did he take off his coat? I know was a nice coat.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's quite a standard thing before you get into a fight. When he is taken to the police station, he indignantly demands that he be released, but he spends the night in jail. And the next morning he's brought before the judge who gives him some quote, good strong paternal advice and then they let him go. Okay. This is a scene which becomes pretty familiar. As you read these articles, it follows a common pattern of Harry being arrested on the street, often mouthing off to the cops or resisting arrest in some way, and then spending an hour or two in jail. There's various petty crimes mentioned in some of these articles. Uh, So on the 15th of August, 1902... That's my birthday. It is, Oh, it is, (laughs) too. I'm really new to it. I have a lot of specific dates in this episode <laughs> just because. They were newspaper articles. Yeah, newspaper yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. articles. <laughs> Harry is arrested in the nearly hours of the morning heading into the Seattle city with two women and a man. They're changing what they call streetcars, what's like essentially a tram. And they're loud and drunk and a police officer tells them to be quiet. And they don't care for that at all. And Harry decides to kind of punch the cop in the jaw.
1: <laughs> so he's just kind of a public nuisance. Yeah. That's it. That's his claim to fame. I mean, he didn't do anything in that first story, did he? The policeman just saw him and was like, oh, it's that guy. I'm <laughs> going to get the jump on him before he can try anything this time. And Harry was like, all right, I'm going to throw a rock.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah. bold approaching him, you're a rock pile, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they fight and the policeman nearly has Harry subdued. And then the other three join in. Uh, and Harry and one of the women who is called Carrie Keely gets arrested and the others flee. There's a whole bunch of similar stories. In 1912, he's arrested for a disturbance at his mother's house and taken to jail again in a tram by a cop. And the way that he kicks out one of the windows of the tram and he throws the officer's star, so his like badge, I guess, (laughs) out the window. They know that they've been trying to find it, but they can't find it. I thought was very funny.
1: Wait, is the policeman now taking him to the police station on
0: a tram? Yes. I, I don't really know what the situation is with like police cars or whatever.
2: They didn't in
1: have Seattle divvy vans in, in nineteen <laughs> oh two.
0: Oh, I didn't. Uh, Yeah, I thought that was weird as well. Can you imagine now if a policeman has got on a tram with a like drunk person gang. resisting arrest? <laughs> But yeah, so that officer's badge I don't think is ever recovered. (laughs) Harry's booked on a drunken disorderly charge in that case. For like Uh, the 14th time? Pretty, sure. It's 1912, so probably about the 50th time. Yeah. There's also various mentions of some petty thefts. Uh, So in 1915, he's suspected of being one of a pair to rob a grocery store. That's about as serious as it gets. When he's arrested for that one, he bites the cop on the hand. (laughs) Absolute legend. But uh he's let go on insufficient evidence and that happens most, if not all of the time. Most of the time, however, there isn't a crime that is specifically mentioned, and the papers are upfront about the fact that Harry is really being arrested because he's wearing men's clothes. In nineteen oh one, the Seattle Daily Times says that Harry is, quote, one of the most noted characters in the local underworld. She is not known as being viciously bad. Her one fault seems to be a mania for wearing boys' clothes.
1: That's much less of a public nuisance than
0: Biting a cop. Yeah. <laughs> but aren't cops a public nuisance?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Who's the aren't real they public nuisance? Viciously here? bad?
0: Well, he may <laughs> be <buy> honest something. <laughs> a lot of attention is occasionally paid to these clothes in the articles, so one specifies that he was wearing a dark suit of clothes a soft hat, a double-breasted red checkered vest, a flaming necktie, <laughs> and men's shoes. I don't know what a flaming necktie is, but, like, I'm sure it's great. Is
1: that describing the colour? I don't know. Because, like, red vest and red flame-coloured necktie is pretty bold. Maybe it, it has has
0: flame decals in rhinestones on it. I don't know. <laughs> Choose your <own> adventure.
1: <laughs> he sounds pretty, like... I I don't know what fashion was at the time, but, like, red checkered vest sounds pretty, like, snazzy. Mm.
0: Yeah, he's also mentioned wearing uh, a suit, a Panama hat, and a diamond on his shirt front. I assume that's a fake diamond. Okay, so he Uh, is a very, like... His look is, like, quite dandy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's noted that that's the case. So I don't think this is... I think this is, like, snazzier than expected. Yeah. 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 He's a snazzy boy. Cross-dressing, as this legally is, is illegal in some places in the United States. In... Nineteen hundred and the following decades. So this isn't a matter of like federal or state laws; it's a local sort of town by town law. And in some places he travels to within Washington, it is illegal, and in some places it isn't. It doesn't really make any practical difference, though, because Harry is arrested on really whatever law the cops can justify, such as vagrancy and disorderly conduct in response to his clothing. Anyway, as we've already got a bit of a sense, Harry is quite well known throughout Washington and also in surrounding states. And many of the articles that are published about him are basically just local gossip. So in June of 1904, he goes to Alkai Point with a friend, which is just, like, he's going to, like, the harbour, or, like, the beach. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. And they rent a horse, seemingly to, like, pull a carriage or something, and his companion is, like, beating the horse. And a coach driver pulls in front of them and has an altercation with Harry's friend over this animal abuse. And... His friend isn't like arrested and nothing really comes of this. They just kind of seem to like shout at each other for a bit and then go their separate ways. And this is in the papers because Harry is there. Harry is the focus of this newspaper article. And Harry doesn't even do anything. He just kind of like looks on while this happens.
1: So a small town journalists had like nothing to do. This is Seattle. It's not really small town. Oh, okay. What did Harry do to get so well known? He can't be the only... I guess like... he also bit cops. <laughs>
0: yeah, <I guess laughs> yeah he also did like... <laughs> <to> bit cops. <laughs> but he also can't be the only person who bit cops.
1: Yeah, yeah. He just did both. Yeah. Like he surely can't even be the the only like quote unquote cross dresser biting cops out there, right? That's true, yeah. I mean I suspect
0: what that means then is that there's just like other sensationalistic newspaper campaigns that we could try and dig (laughs) (laughs) up Yeah true. Fair enough. In nineteen oh eight he's arrested in Tacoma, which is like a city to the southwest of Seattle on the street by a police officer who recognizes him and is let go on the condition that he leave town immediately <laughs> uh similarly in 1909 he arrives in yakima which is another town and three hours later he is ordered out of town by the police
1: so he's known <laughs> he just he kind, just kind comes of comes in and they're like oh it's this guy get out yeah and then he does
0: which is like kind of funny but also on a serious note obviously this does affect his livelihood yeah. And he enters this pattern of sort of like going to new places and then eventually, you know, he finds work, it's discovered what his legal name is, he's arrested and he has to leave and he just sort of travels around the Pacific Northwest in this manner for his entire life. Yeah. The Pacific Northwest news site Crosscut ran a story on Harry in 2014 pointing out the similarities between his experiences and those of transgender youth in the pacific northwest today and i mean i suppose like across america and in many other places as well um who are still struggling with many of the same issues regarding employment and like more general forms of yeah. discrimination.
1: do we know what he was doing for work
0: uh yeah we have a bunch of examples he's basically doing like fairly menial forms of labor so he works in a bar at one point he works as a barber for a little bit he does various types of like physical labor okay uh sort of just like odd jobs like that he doesn't really have a profession as it were we do know some facts about his early life so we'll cycle back around to where we normally start the episode now
1: this is the thing i always complain about in biography yes i'm (laughs) (laughs) doing can our friendship survive (laughs) I don't know let's finish the episode and we'll find
0: out okie doke Some of what we know about his early life comes from the articles, which I regarded with a high amount of suspicion, yeah. but also from the work of a woman called Miriam Van Waters, who wrote a thesis called The Adolescent Girl Among Primitive Peoples for her anthropology PhD.
1: I'm intrigued about how this Harry
0: Allen got into <laughs> The Adolescent Girl Among Primitive Peoples. Uh, so I didn't read this entire PhD thesis, because like, for what possible reason would I have done that? But basically, she's surveying attitudes to and, like, observances of female puberty in various societies. So, as you can kind of guess by the title, looking at, like, indigenous societies and things like that. Yeah. And one of the things that she talks about is the effect of psychological experiences during puberty on later life. In particular, she focuses on delinquency, as she calls Mm -hmm. it. And she's now talking just about, like, her contemporary society, I don't know how together and cohesive this thesis was, <laughs> overall, but that's not really the point here. So at
1: what time, like, what
0: year did she write this thesis? I don't know what year she finishes it, but as part of this, she organises with the Oregon prison system to take case studies of 25 people who are in women's prison, and she does those interviews over the summer of 1912
1: okay okay as you may have
0: guessed harry was in prison at this time yeah and he appears as a case study in her thesis it's quite a short case study like at least what makes it into the thesis is quite short but it is very valuable because it gives us a very different perspective than what the papers do
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: so she interviews harry over that summer and then she verifies his story through like the jailers and police records and letters with his mother she refers to him not by name, either Harry Allen or his legal name at any point, but just by the initials H-A, which I thought was interesting, that she went with those initials
1: and not his, like... I take it those aren't really, his legal initials. No, they're not. Okay. No. Interesting. Yeah. 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 I don't know what the practice was then, but sometimes people ask when they do, like, anonymous interviews or things like that. They'll ask you what pseudonym you want to use. Yeah, that's
0: true. Possibly. Harry was born in Indiana in 1882. Uh, when he was born, his mother was 27 and his father was 42. That's nothing to do with anything, but I have so few facts I'm just going to tell it to you anyway. Okay, yeah. okay good. Uh, his father was a labourer and a farmer and Harry grew up on a farm. He was apparently a boyish child. He excelled in skill and strength games, which to me seems like just all games. <laughs> yeah. okay. I mean, I guess there's also okay. snakes and ladders. Uh, that takes a certain amount of emotional strength, though. <laughs> <laughs> he liked to do outside work, such as ploughing, and uh, shortly after puberty, he married a man who was quite a bit older than he was. That is the most specific information I have about that. Okay. Uh, and then a child is born in 1899 when Harry is about 16 or 17.
1: Oh, my God. He's so young. Yes. Yeah, like, when you said shortly after puberty, I was like, uh, but, like, now I have a specific age. Like, yeah. Yeah. Shortly after That's puberty could be, like, anything from
0: 15 true. to twenty. Like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I should probably yeah. specify. So, like, part of the thing that she is looking into in this thesis is, like, when exactly people get their periods and i don't really know what conclusion she's drawing with that but she notes that harry got his period for the first time at the age 15 so i assume it's like surely after that
1: oh that yeah, yeah.
0: with when the child was born so at the time that van lordis is doing thesis this child is 13 years old oh, okay. and is living with harry's mother uh, i don't know exactly what the situation there is if this child like knew who his parent was or anything like that but The child's, like, raised by Harry's mum and lives with Okay. And doesn't really seem to have that much to do with Harry. Okay. What about uh, the husband? So Miriam says that he either deserted or died. Uh, He's not in the picture. I'm I'm not entirely sure why she doesn't know which one. Given that she, like, spoke with Harry, I I understand how someone could just be like, he's not around anymore. Yeah. But still, it's like, for my sake, could you have done this interview better?
1: (laughs) I mean, I guess if Harry just explicitly didn't want to follow up on that. Yeah, that that is fair. That is fair.
0: Harry does have an ongoing relationship with his family. Uh, His relationship with his father seems to be quite poor. A newspaper article from 1908 talks about Harry's father reporting Harry for not registering to vote and (laughs) saying that he, quote, regrets greatly the notoriety he has been forced to bear as a result of his daughter's masquerading.
1: Hang on, is not registering to vote a crime here? I don't know how America works, but I guess it wasn't that time. Maybe in that place, maybe, I don't maybe know. Maybe you have to register,
0: but then you don't have to vote. <laughs> yeah, that's possible. His mother is also quoted as saying that she can do nothing with her daughter, so like she can't get her child in hand and she yeah. might, uh, like, yeah. make him wear a dress or whatever um, but their relationship does seem to be more positive. She's frequently the one who bails Harry out of jail mm-hmm. uh, and in a couple of instances the article specifically notes that when she comes to the jail to bail him out she asks for Harry
2: Oh, oh okay,
1: that's nice mm,
0: which yeah. is like very little but it seems to indicate that yeah.
1: she's
0: to some degree just kind of taking her child as he is
1: mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He
0: has a brother and a sister. We don't really hear much about the brother. His sister, we know that in 1905, in February, uh, they were getting drunk in a bar together, as well as with his sister's friend, and the sister at some point was like, alright, we're all like way too trash, we should go home, and they got into a fight about it and Harry punched her. <sighs>
2: Harry. Yeah. Oh, my
0: God. So he escapes, but his sister and her friend uh, are taken to jail and charged
1: with disorderly conduct. So he punches his sister and then just buggers off before the cops turn up and arrest his sister. Yeah, that's That's not on Harry. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's... Harry seems just so ready to have a go at, like, any moment, though. Yeah,
0: Harry does seem to have a proclivity for violence. Yeah. Possibly also, like, he seems to be drunk a lot of these times, so that seems to be a factor. So obviously, like, that's very poor behaviour. Yeah. But... They were out getting drinks together and yeah. the punch up isn't because of Harry's clothes or anything like that. It's because Harry's wants to a sp- violent person who wants to get drunk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Harry. So you know.
0: We also don't know an awful lot about his social circle, but he's frequently mentioned, as we've already seen, as being with people when he gets arrested. So he does seem to have a social circle. A newspaper article from 1908 says that, quote, "...offering no explanation for the girl's strange behaviour and masquerading in male apparel, her friends appear to accept the fad without protest."
1: Okay, okay. Good on his friends.
0: Which is also, like, very little to go on, but certainly paints a picture of his friends being better than random newspaper journalists. Yeah. Yeah. I know that that was all, like, very sketchy, incomplete information, but I think it is worth pausing over it for a moment. Because I think we have this sort of picture in our heads. I've definitely talked about this with, like, same-sex attracted people and Mm. same-sex couples and whatnot, but maybe less so with trans people, that it's functionally impossible to be trans and to function in society except for in the last, like, 15 years or so. And, like, a lot of the trans people we've talked about previously, not all, but many, particularly the trans men, have dealt with being trans by going as stealth as possible and, like, moving to a new place and starting a new life and so forth. And I think it's good to talk about someone who doesn't really do that. You know, Harry does try to go stealth sometimes, and he does sometimes succeed for like fairly long periods. But more often, he doesn't, and his community is fully aware of who he is and what his past is. And while this does give us ample evidence of the constant discrimination he's facing from the police and so forth. It also demonstrates to us that he is able to find some degree of acceptance in parts of his life from parts of his family and seemingly from a social circle and just kind of live his life essentially as an out trans man in 19 or whatever in Seattle. Yeah, yeah. So now we're going to talk about suicide for like a while. Oh, okay. Just as a warning for you. All right. So there are some stories about Harry that are reported over longer periods of time and are just sort of generally more serious in tone. The most prominent of these stories is the story of two women who were romantically involved with him, found out that he was trans, and then died by suicide. Wow, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so let's unpack that a little. The first of these women was a Seattle waitress called Dolly Quap. I might be saying her surname wrong. And on Christmas Day 1901, she swallowed carbolic acid and died. Various papers report this death, uh, all saying that Dolly was romantically involved with Harry and that he you know, had dated tons of girls who understood him to be a cisgender man. And when she found out that he wasn't, her response to that was to swallow acid and die. Right. I take it this is perhaps not how that went? Well, there's various questions I have. I'll tell you about the second woman and then we'll go through in a bit more depth. Okay. On the 4th of November, 1903, so nearly two years later, a woman called Pearl Waldron shot herself in the chest in a park. She was taken to hospital and she reluctantly told them who she was after some persuading. The Seattle Daily Times specifically says that she shot herself because she fell in love with Harry, not knowing that he was trans, and she found out... This was her response. The San Francisco Call Bulletin article from the following day also links the incident with Harry but admits that we don't know if Pearl discovering that harry was trans is the reason why she shot herself it also says that she gave the doctors harry's name and address and asked for him to be called and it seems to me that the police or the newspapers might have assumed this chain of events based on that connection yeah uh precedent of dolly two years earlier yeah interestingly both articles mention that a year earlier a woman had swallowed carbolic acid and died but give her name as hazel walters Oh, okay. So I don't know where Hazel Walters
1: came from, and I just don't have an answer for that. Okay, I mean, I can ask a bunch of speculative questions about this, but you won't be able to tell me. I anything. mean, have at it if you would like. <laughs> I'm
0: inclined to trust that Dolly's name was Dolly. Because yeah, that's the first article that comes out. It comes out supposedly as it happens. Yeah, um, mm. which seems more trustworthy than newspapers publishing stories about this for like the next decade. Yeah. And Progressively further away from the events and so forth.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I don't know why he's here. I feel like if they're leaping to the conclusion that that's why she shot herself when she's like, could you call Harry mm. at the hospital? Like, why are they leaping to that conclusion? If you're in the hospital, you do ask someone to call your partner, right? If you're dating someone, you're like, can you let this person know?
0: Yeah, but I guess yeah. the assumption
1: would be, oh, you're dating him. Well, no girl
0: would date him. You must have found out. Yeah. 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 Although also being like, oh, I found out that my boyfriend's transgender. I'm going to shoot myself. Hey, can you get him for me? Seems questionable. Yeah, like
1: that's... Actually, at that
0: point, if that's your response, you don't want to talk to him.
1: No. I I, mean, yeah, it just sounds like a very kind of like making the story that they imagined mm -hmm. at the start of this
0: yeah it could be that hazel Walters is literally just dolly's pseudonym or something like that this is also uh the first instance i believe of a recurring thing that really annoyed me is that the papers will constantly just say like any time from like one to like five years as being a year or so ago and it's so annoying like i was sitting there piecing together timelines of things and i was like what is wrong with you why do i have more journalistic ethics over this than you do (laughs)
1: You could have been a journalist in the early 1900s no, and you would have been great at it. No, I wouldn't
0: have
1: been. It probably wasn't that hard to become a journalist in the early 1900s. I was if you had any
0: kind of morals. Yeah,
1: I yeah. guess that's the factor. So
0: these two deaths are mentioned often whenever Harry's in the papers thereafter. There are tons of articles that are essentially just, hey, Harry Allen is in town. He dresses like a man. Two girls killed themselves over him. Isn't that interesting? And, like, that's the article. Not even oh if he's, like, God. done anything or been arrested. Like, just like, hey, I saw article. Harry on the street. Yeah. He's in town. Isn't he weird? Yeah. yeah. That kind of thing. So that's what a lot of the articles are. And then, for some reason, in January of 1908, the Seattle Daily Times decides to write a full-page story about the two suicides. Okay. Like seven years after the first one. Like slow news day? or I guess so, yeah. It's entitled Weird Story of How Two Seattle Maids Committed Suicide Over a Third Who Dressed as a Man.
1: They <laughs> were so bad
2: at making headlines in 1908.
0: <laughs> they were. Yeah. So this article's a hot mess. There's a ton of factual inaccuracies in it. It says that the first girl cried, I love you, Harry, even though you've been to me a living lie, and then shot herself. (laughs) And then a few weeks later, the second woman, Hazel Walters, drank poison. So first of all, the order has been reversed. Yeah. Yeah. Second of all, Pearl was alone when she shot herself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't see how we would know that she had said that, even if she had said that.
1: And also, they took her to hospital. Did she survive?
0: Uh, So I have a few articles about her saying, like, we can't operate yet. She's in too poor a condition. And then I don't have any article that says what happened to her, either saying she was released or that she died. But all the newspapers thereafter talk about how Pearl died.
1: Okay. And, like, I don't
0: fully trust that. But it it's seems all that blood. Pearl doesn't survive. Okay. This article also depicts Harry as deliberately manipulative and predatory of these women, saying that, quote, the girl gets genuine pleasure in gathering to herself the affection of trusting girls who see in her an object of passionate admiration. And then there's this lengthy metaphor about Harry's seduction being like a false lighthouse on a cliff, <laughs> which was wild. It was just wild. I'm going to read it to you because the wording is important. Okay. okay. Uh, for the next article. So it says, The second victim, within a few short weeks, held herself upon the rocks of destruction to the siren song of this woman who plays with life and death. Like a wrecker upon the beach, she placed false beacon lights upon the shore to lure upon the treacherous sands the ships that sail the angry seas. So that's what that is. It also has this very gratuitous detail about the coroner apparently literally berating him over the second woman's body, <sighs> and says that even though legally we can't hold him responsible, morally he is clearly a murderer. So that's where it's at. Must okay, you be able to say these things in the newspaper.
1: Wow. Yeah, um.
0: it's quite disgusting. Yeah, yeah. And then in 1909, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel prints an article about suicides as well again for some reason and says that this girl man has an almost insane desire to court girls while acting her living lie two of her victims are now sleeping in the cemetery it puts a quote in harry's mouth that i just flat out don't believe which is him saying they act like perfect geese these girls of course it is rather tragic when they commit suicide but really they shouldn't do that it identifies the first woman as Gertie Samuels, which is the first what? time okay. i heard of her.
1: <laughs> that is like pulling names out I of a hat. So. Like, oh, there's two women. Can't remember what they were called. Get Gertie. Gertie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe that is literally what I, think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where Gertie's come from. And it says that she learnt that Harry was a trans man after he didn't show up for their wedding and then shot herself in the head and then the second woman Hazel Walters threw herself off a cliff and the language it uses in this is the exact language that the Seattle Daily News uses a year earlier it's metaphor about how Hazel Walters in Swallowing Acid had essentially thrown herself on the cliff okay seduction yeah. whatever so it's read that article completely misunderstood what it's saying because in that same paragraph it does say
1: she's swallowed acid i mean and just reprinted it potentially they didn't misunderstand they were just like wouldn't it be more dramatic if she fell off a cliff maybe so They like, like, made up her name but, i think that's a pretty good illustration of like where yeah. the, the level of this but journalism is at either yeah.
0: way yeah that's where it's at best yeah. how stories can kind of run away with themselves uh so keep that in mind I guess
1: okay yeah. yeah
0: yeah we actually do have a comment from harry about this story is it definitely from harry oh uh, well so it's from harry allegedly to a reporter while he was in jail so you know it's as true as like any of these are it doesn't okay. sound as palpably made up to me as something yeah. else but, yeah like we can dispute literally any of these if we would like to and feel free okay so apparently what he says is that seattle story is a palpable fake some reporter made three or four dollars out of it and that is all there is to the massive junk I didn't see the paper because I shrink from notoriety. No woman ever committed suicide over me. I just have a name. That's all. If your chief of police should commit suicide tonight, you would blame it on me, wouldn't you? Now,
1: that sounds pretty accurate, frankly. Yeah. Like whether or not Harry said that, that sounds factual.
0: I don't know why a reporter would make that up.
2: Yeah. 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 I
0: guess given that apparently what's happening here is a reporter went and was like, "So what about these girls who died?" And Harry was like, were "Gonna make up a response." I don't know. I feel like that's a pretty wild response to make. That.
1: Yeah, unless yeah. they were trying to undermine the other newspapers. But like, why? I don't know. Rival newspapers. Yeah. Surely you'd just think of a better story then, rather than have Harry be like, "Yeah, I had nothing to do with that." Sometimes people commit suicide, and it wasn't me. Yeah, that's true. That's not very sensationalist in the same way that making up your own sensationalist story
0: yeah. would be. Miriam Ben Waters also gives a bit of a different account of the story, and also just like. Harry's relationship to women in general. She flat out does not believe it, and she knows that Harry is just generally a good guy. Okay.
1: (laughs) So when he gets drunk and punches people? Yeah. She doesn't
0: say that, but he does do
1: that. (laughs) Honestly, I think there's just a certain amount of drunken violence that is socially acceptable in some settings. Historically, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Van Waters recounts a bunch of cases where Harry takes in women who can't find work, or have been evicted or who are drunk in saloons or who were soliciting in the streets in such a way to suggest that they were new to sex work
2: mm-hmm. and sort of
0: giving them a home for a bit. Okay. Which I guess if she's getting this from Harry we must acknowledge is also a bias yeah. to the events, but yeah. she does say she's verified these things uh. through various means so, you know. She also gives some kind of confusing evidence specifically about the suicide, saying that one girl committed suicide on the date above, which I'll go into in a second there is evidence that she was in an advanced stage of syphilis was evicted from a sporting house in utter destitution and was cared for by h.a so above she gives kind of like a list of various like convictions and things that have happened oh, to him with it okay, but yeah. it's not clear like which date belongs to which thing and the possible dates that she's referring to in this case are like years after when both dolly and pearl died so i don't know oh, okay
1: what that is about at all okay
0: uh, but it doesn't really make me inclined to credit her story that she knows that this girl was apparently like being taken in by harry and was in an advanced state of syphilis and so forth yeah. yeah
2: yeah yeah
0: so that's uh that's that part if you want to say anything else.
1: okay <laughs> journalists in 1912 were just a mess they yeah, sure were yeah sure were. i think the main takeaway is that like journalists will say anything in this context Especially against a trans person who makes a sensational story.
0: So, there are some other more ongoing stories about crime he's involved with as well. In 1906, he was arrested for vagrancy and bail was posted at $2,000, which is the maximum. It's insanely huge.
1: That's a lot of money at the time, yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's apparently because he is soon going to be charged with something more serious, but no one will specify what it is. So, that's what the court tells the paper.
1: Okay, Okay. why
0: he's been given this huge bail.
1: Mm-hmm. And then
0: a month later, the San Francisco Call Bulletin says, Harry's been in jail all this time because he has refused to snitch to the police. They believe that he knows about a train holdup that had happened the previous year.
2: Ah,
1: oh, okay.
0: And it just says, yeah, they've set the bail this high to keep him in prison. A month later, he's still in prison. The Seattle Daily Times reiterates that this is just because they're trying to get him to snitch and says that... As a sort of vengeance, it is charged that the police have arrested her numerous times on the old and very convenient charge of disorderly person, which under the city ordinances covers about every crime on the calendar from grand to last down.
1: It's interesting that the newspaper is kind of framing that as like a convenient catch-all. The newspaper doesn't sound on board with that charge being available for that reason. I guess, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess that disorderly person charge could cause a problem for anyone in any setting, I guess. Mm-hmm. It is just generally handing the police power to arrest anyone in a public place doing a thing. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what that charge is. Yeah. I guess I've just developed such a low opinion of newspapers mm-hmm. throughout this episode that I didn't expect them to be like, this is actually a problem, the police can arrest whoever they want. Yeah i mean i'm reading a lot into their tone there
0: yeah i mean it might be like a tongue-in-cheek tone as opposed to a, like seriously defensive of harry yeah tone. i thought it was kind of wild that they're just willing to be like you know this person's been arrested but it's all like kind of a setup
1: yeah, yeah. And that's just in the papers and that just everyone the baguette, knows and <laughs> yeah like that. the
0: police just like yeah. <laughs> the
1: police are just like yeah we're waiting for him to snitch yeah
0: it doesn't seem that harry ever does snitch and maybe he doesn't know anything about this in the yeah place. Uh, and he eventually gets out of jail. Interestingly, he does snitch over a decade later.
1: About the train holdup? Not about
0: the train holdup. In July of 1917, uh, there's a newspaper article about him uh, and a woman called Adeline Hansen appealing to the city council uh, saying that they're owed $50 for work that was done for V.L. Putnam. He was former head of the Dry Squad because <laughs> he and Adeline were working for Putnam finding bootleggers, and they were owed this money, and the cop just stiffed them on it. I thought that was a pretty wild thing to just be in the papers <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine that made him many friends yeah. yeah yeah yeah. he does that yeah. like a decade later okay after he's let out of prison for the train snitching saga we don't hear from him or at least not in an article I could find for nearly a year and indeed, we hear from him quite sporadically for a few years after that. So it's hard to tell because of the nature of the articles and me you not know, having all of them and so forth, but he does seem to move around increasingly over this time. So he's already been moving around Washington and the surrounding mm-hmm. states all this time, but that seems to really pick up and he seems to sort of stay out of Seattle, which would make sense.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: He's just been in jail in Seattle for like three months over nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I conceptualized quite how much he was in the paper until you were like, after this, we don't hear from him for a year. So that was like a long time not it to is. hear from him. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't realize like how consistently he was in the newspaper. I mean, yeah. Eli said he read like 70 articles or something. Oh, yeah. So. Over like 20 years. But that's still like two or three articles a year, right? Yeah. Like, and, sorry, and three or four. Given that there's a couple
0: of years where I don't hear from him. It's mm. more like every couple months at least.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: And then when something, Alex, saw sets happen. There'll be a bunch from different articles on, like, the same day. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we eventually hear from him again in uh, September of 1911 when he's arrested in Spokane for selling liquor to a Native American. So, just quickly, obviously the issue of alcohol and the law and Native Americans is a complex issue, and the history of it goes back to when white people first colonized America. So, you know, we're not going to survey the whole thing. But basically, before colonization... Mm -hmm. native american peoples or some of them at least did have alcohol but not the like intensely concentrated spirits that the white colonizers showed up with and so this was introduced to the population through trade and things like that and quickly became a problem often by design of the white men trading it and in response to this over quite a long period of time various regulations and eventually federal legislation made it illegal to sell alcohol to a native american Okay, and that's the situation at this time Okay, and like the echoes of that are still felt today and it's just like a whole thing and we just can't just, we just yeah, don't yeah, have a time he has <laughs> about that. so he had been working as a harvest hand in Tico, which is a small town, mm-hmm. for two years by this point and the Yakima Herald reported uh, that he had been arrested and when they were going to search him for weapons he said to the jailer, look you'd better fetch the matron who is the woman who works in jails and deals with the female prisoners basically. Yeah, yeah. And the matron is called and Harry kind of explains his situation and they say, okay, well, we better get you some women's clothes. He begs to be able to keep dressing as a man and as far as I can tell, he does continue to do that whilst Mm -hmm. he's in prison. He's held in jail for two months and he's eventually let out in November because the Native American man, uh, his name is Alexander Paul, is too drunk to testify at a trial. Okay. Yeah. So obviously, there's some alcohol issues going on in that man's life which isn't yeah. that's the situation basically what it seems is that harry's moved to another part of washington got a job as a harvest hand and just sort of lived there quietly mm-hmm. in a basically all-male environment yeah two years until something like this happens and he's found out and he has to leave yeah and then in 1912 he's arrested on a white slavery charge in portland oregon Oh, what? So white okay slavery. <laughs> okay yeah are you, are you guys familiar with the concept of white slavery not in really context okay so basically the white slave traffic act or the man act is a piece of legislation that was brought in in 1910 which made it illegal to transport a woman across state lines prostitution but also for any immoral purpose okay, which is yep. obviously a very casual, vague term and in, in theory it's meant to address sex trafficking but in practice it can be used to criminalize all kinds of behavior and certainly adults in like, consenting mm, yeah relationships get caught up in it sometimes just regarding the term white slavery like obviously issues of sex trafficking were real issues here and it's good that they're being addressed i guess but the way that this is framed as a result of racist scaremongering about yeah. foreigners coming in and you know kidnapping white women in you know, oh, yeah, a way yeah. that there really isn't like obviously any evidence for and that's why that's called that
1: Oh, I see yeah, okay. I see. Yeah.
0: When he's arrested for this, he's living with a woman who is called both Alice and Isabel by the papers. It's me. It's you, maybe.
1: Maybe. Maybe, maybe. maybe
0: it's not me. 50% of the time it's
2: you. <laughs> yeah.
0: Their house has been raided because the police believe that she has been trafficked. Harry has been living in Portland and working as a barber, which I don't know if he had to train for us. he was just like, sure, I can cut hair.
1: <laughs> I was wondering that when, like, quite early on, you are like, here's all the jobs he's worked, he's been, like, a labourer, he's doing this and this, he's been a barber, and I was like, isn't that kind of a skilled position? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wondered Maybe that not, as well yeah. and
0: didn't mention Maybe it. Maybe the oh. good ones have uh, skilled positions, but sometimes they're just
1: Some guys. dude with some scissors. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. I don't know, like, how good do you think the average haircut is in, like, Paul and Oregon in 1910? Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Not necessarily bad. I'm just suggesting it may be bad. Alice or Isabel then had travelled to Portland to stay with Harry so hence the transporting her across state lines and the police believed that in addition to his earnings from being a barber of questionable repute (laughs) uh, he's been living off of her earnings from sex work.
2: Uh-huh.
0: I'm not, frankly, clear on if she like is actually a sex worker or not.
1: Or if this is just an accusation yeah. that they made to kind yeah. of so hold up their be. trafficking charge. Know.
0: Maybe that's what she does. Maybe it's not. Mm-hmm. After he's being questioned for a while, um, so he breaks down and you know says that he's not a white slaver and explains that, I don't know how to say, that he's trans, basically.
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess
0: I can just say that. So it's always so awkward to talk around the language that they use. But,
1: yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. they very much awesome. have
0: said, I'm actually a woman.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. I think yeah. That, that
0: he would have said...
1: You know, and the way the papers
0: say it is that he goes, "Look, I'm not really Harry Allen. I'm dead yeah. name, and I'm a woman." And then they're like, "What?" But like, we obviously just can't say right. that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: So he explains his past to the police, who don't know. They just take him as Harry Allen, some guy who's maybe a sex trafficker, Alice or Isabel.
1: Every time you say that, I'm like, me.
0: Yes, you. Maybe we'll call it Isabel. For the <laughs> Isabel is questioned separately, and at first says no that's my husband we eloped together and then when told that Harry confessed she says you know okay like I knew the whole time that who knows what she said you know (laughs) what Harry's past was and he has not traffic to me, I suppose, because he's acquitted for the white slavery charge, but he spends a few months in prison for vagrancy. Uh-huh. Just cause, I guess. Oh uh, Yeah, and just like, yeah. what's vagrancy? He was living in a house, right? Yeah, I think he was living maybe in like, a boarding house, but like yeah, he's okay. in a house, he has a job. Yeah, yeah I so don't like, what, what is vagrancy
1: as a crime? <laughs> it's like loitering, isn't it? It's just like a th- whatever crime.
2: It literally
0: is you don't have a job and are just kind of around. Yeah. yeah no. He had a
1: job. I've just never really thought about this before. Why is being unemployed a crime? Look, yeah. What's going on there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we could talk about the, like, the legal system of the early 20th century for some time. We <laughs> yeah, about the legal system now for some time. Yeah, it's true. It's while he's in prison for this that Miriam
0: Van Waters meets him.
1: Okay. That's
0: okay. So that is effectively most of the notable incidents that I have recorded for Harry's life.
1: So do we know when he gets out of prison, if he goes back to living with Isabel, or like? Uh, no, I don't think so, no. Okay. Yeah.
0: He's connected to various women, but there doesn't seem to be any like long term relationships or anything going on there. I really don't even have any like solid proof that he is actually romantically involved with these women frankly like it certainly gets said
1: a bunch but like is he just living with Isabel because it's convenient for them to pass as husband and wife like who knows yeah yeah we don't have any quotes or like supposed quotes really of him talking
0: about like his girlfriend or something like Mm -hmm. that apart from those ones where he's like oh it's so fun to seduce girls but they shouldn't kill themselves over it which like shut up yeah he didn't (laughs) say that In September of 1916, Harry is stabbed twice in the back by his father in the back. Oh. What? His father? His father, yes. Okay. So the stabbings are fairly serious. Muscles in his back are severed and one of them punctures a lung. His father claims self-defense saying that he was in bed and that Harry came in and punched him in the mouth and then he got out the knife he kept under his pillow for self-protection.
1: And stabbed Harry in the back. Yes. Right. You can't stab someone in the back in self-defense. I mean, maybe you can. It sounds pretty dubious, <laughs> yeah. That though. sounds
0: very catchy, but probably isn't legally <laughs> true. Harry says that his father had reprimanded him, and then he had told him to, quote, keep quiet and not get
1: noisy, and that then they'd had a fight. Mm. That's such mm-hmm. a, like, tame response, really, compared to what I expected. Keep quiet, don't get noisy. And then
0: he stabs him. Yeah. 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 He actually does recover from this, but I don't really have that much more information about what he does for the next few years before he dies on December 28th, 1922, so he's 40 years old, and um, he dies of an illness in the hospital. A funeral notice is posted saying that all friends are invited. I don't know who that would have been, which is a shame. I don't yeah. know how many people came to his funeral or yeah. what they thought of him or anything like that. But
1: somebody posted a notice. Yeah. Yeah, and he does seem to have had a bunch of yeah. friends, yeah. yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. But it's sad not to have any more information about, it.
1: like, what mm. that this yeah. gathering
0: was. It does mention at this point that his only known surviving relatives are two nieces. So.
1: Oh, oh, okay. the
0: child. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they don't know about the child. Maybe, maybe, maybe the child's a niece.
1: Maybe, Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. I, I, I think the, the child was a song, Oh, okay, okay. But I don't know. It could just be wrong. You
0: know? <laughs> anyway, there's not a lot of family around. Yeah. Yeah, maybe so. Gertie Waters was his child.
1: <laughs> you just merged
0: two of them together. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that is the end of the life of Harry Allen. But we're not done
2: yet. Okay.
1: I guess that was an interesting snapshot of, like, the life of one random trans man in Seattle in 1910, kind of.
2: I wonder how
1: representative it is of the lives of trans men in Seattle in general. Like, was Harry particularly... Criminal? Yeah. Yeah, did Harry get arrested, like, 80% more than your average trans man in Mm. Seattle? Or was everyone just going through that nonsense?
0: This is certainly a thing in particular times and places where, like, the only records we have of gender non-conforming people are criminal records. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of the time probably people did what he tried to do and just sort of you know, went and worked as a labourer and disappeared off into the world and we never heard about them again.
2: Yeah, like,
1: yeah. Yeah, so we probably have a very skewed vision that all gender non people are just getting arrested, arrested all the for time. Arrested for cross-dressing constantly, yeah. Yeah. And like obviously that was having something that's bad, but it may not be the norm.
0: Yeah, so we've been referring to, or I've been forcing you to refer to Harry as a (laughs) transgender man throughout this episode, which I guess we can talk about and qualify a bit. Harry is most often understood today as a transgender man. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not just me. Sometimes it's just me, but it's not just me. (laughs) Um, And it's easy to see why I don't think we need to spend a ton of time on that particular part of it. You've given us the context where... We do have some quotes, allegedly, that give us a tantalisingly incomplete glimpse into his thoughts about his clothes and his life in general. So in April 1900, after spending the night in jail, he told a reporter, Why I would be as much at sea with skirts as you would. I have dressed as a man for three years and I will continue to do so. It may be a foolish fancy, but it pleases me. I can't see why the police don't leave me alone. I'm doing no harm. And there are a few different quotes that are essentially that. Basically Mm. just, like, I prefer this and I'm going to keep doing it until I die. So, bite
1: me. (laughs) Or I'll bite you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Another interesting tidbit from the Tacoma Daily News mentions that one time when he was arrested there, he refused to admit that he was a woman until forced to in court with the alternative being to take 30 days in a chain gang oh my god that and the repeated efforts to work and live as a man among men who don't know him as anyone other than harry lends yeah. mm-hmm. support to this not just being an issue of clothes but of identity
1: as well yeah. yeah yeah
0: the newspapers give various explanations for why he started to dress this way so in 1901 the seattle daily times says that when harry was little and living on a farmer's parents he would wear boys clothes to play in the yard and then he just sort of never gave it up despite constantly being arrested for it mm-hmm. in 1916 the Tacoma Times tells the story that Harry started wearing men's clothes because he was married to a minor and that masculine clothes allowed them to work together Miriam Van Waters tells the story that after the father of his child deserted or died Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Harry had to make money somehow and so he put on men's clothes and gained employment in masculine jobs in like docks and stables and lumberyards and things like that so I just thought it was interesting because these are fairly typical reasons that we've seen before Mm -hmm. about like not so much acceptable but like conceivable reasons to the general public why someone assigned female at birth might start
2: wearing men's clothes yeah yeah
1: I do feel like these explanations kind of count on wearing men's clothes, bringing a lot of convenience to Harry's life that it's clearly not actually doing in fact. Yeah, that's true. They're like, if Harry wore men's clothes so that he could support himself, hold down a job, get this job, whatever, where clearly, like... It's actively stopping him holding down a job. Mm,
0: Yeah. I guess it is the case though that like if Harry was to at this point start dressing as a woman it's I don't think that his financial situation would have improved
2: mm, yeah yeah I guess. yeah, but yeah. yeah like
0: it's obviously is causing a great deal of yeah. inconvenience to put it extremely mildly so if, if we remember that Full-page story that the Seattle Daily Times ran about him and the oh, suicides for yes. just mm-hmm. like no conceivable reason. Oh, yeah. Yes, um, it allegedly also had quite long quotes from him, and, and this is like the longest quote we have of him talking about his clothing and his gender. I don't trust it even a little bit, but we might as well talk about it. <laughs> okay, Here.
1: Is this the one that claimed one of the women to herself off a cliff Or is this, uh, the, no, one this is the one that caused that did the metaphor about yeah.
0: the lighthouse, etc.?
1: Okay. I was just checking what like level of I don't yeah. believe anything you say. I should be yeah. on here one below max. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So he says maybe I did not look like a girl. Did not feel like a girl. I seemed to have nothing in common with my own sex. My hair was short and coarse. My shoulders were broad and square like a man's. The lines of my figure were straight. My hips were a little broader than a man's. that was about the only distinguishing feature. So it seemed impossible to make myself a girl, and sick at heart over the thought that I would be an outcast of the feminine gender, I conceived the idea of making myself a man and mingling with men as one of them. I put on men's clothing and have not discarded it since, though now I am almost 24 years old. I will never go back to the conventional style of dress. That would make my life so unbearable that I could not stand it. Better anything than that. Which is a, a really interesting quote of someone to analyse, but it's almost certainly made up.
1: Yeah, that's... And also, I don't know, it seems very, like, sincere. It's an interesting thing to make up as well. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Like, as something to make up, someone being like, well, I wasn't that convincing as a woman, so I put on men's clothing and I would never go back, is not... I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I- yeah. But I don't know what you would make up. Like, if you were a sensationalist newspaper in 1912, Seattle yes what would you want Harry to say Yeah. I mean we've seen some examples of what reasons newspapers did give which are basically like I needed a job mm.
0: yeah I don't know I also feel like it's not uncommon for newspapers to note that like Harry was a, a fairly handsome man but would not be pretty as a woman mm-hmm. and I think there is kind of this interest in like you know this is in their eyes a woman who has failed so thoroughly at femininity mm-hmm. um, and I think that that is a fairly clear you know if they have made that up that is very clearly evidenced here that like you know i was it was so impossible for me to be yeah. a woman that i just had to be a man in order to like exist in the world yeah. so it, it like it seems there as as less of a like positive identification with masculinity as mm. the default like well i i flunked out of the first one so i had to go to the second yeah one. yeah um, yeah so yeah like it's difficult to know what to do with any of that Even if these are based on genuine quotes, the article writers would obviously have been engaged in trying to piece together a narrative that made sense to them or to their readers or whatever. And even if they are based on genuine quotes, presumably Harry would have been himself constructing a narrative to tell mm. the public you know consciously or not which may or may not have been fully genuine
1: yeah, even, yeah. You know,
0: when people talk to hostile newspapers they're not necessarily <laughs> completely honest
1: true um, yeah
0: and you know he may not have fully articulated even to himself what his clothes meant to him yeah and of course you know we're adding an extra layer to that and trying to construct a narrative about all of this that makes sense to us as well yeah. So, like, what is the truth? What is the <laughs> nature
1: of truth? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I guess all we can kind of come at with this is that it mattered a lot to Harry to, to be seen dress as a man. in men's clothing and to be called Harry, and that's all we know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, like, like, I feel the most natural way to understand him on the basis of that is was a trans man. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not very apologetic about that. <laughs> you know, I don't really know a lot about the experiences of, like, butch women who use he him pronouns yeah, that yeah, testosterone but are butch women and not trans
1: men like I don't like those people definitely exist but I think we're I very don't. uninformed about that just as a group yeah. of people yeah. I think
0: also like if you've got a historical figure I, I think that's kind of similar somewhat to when we looked at like Fanny and Stella and we were like there just absolutely is no way to separate out how this is something that obviously like a gay man wrote a book about and recognised as being evocative of his culture and how trans women could do the same thing like Mm, you just kind of have to accept that those things are both equally true in that case Yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah and I mean I guess it's kind of interesting as well because like Harry Allen as opposed to other trans men or potentially trans men if you like such as, like, Billy Tipton and Paulie Murray, Harry doesn't really have the same kind of history of being read as a lesbian until now when we can maybe recontextualize Mm. him. Basically just, I guess, because he's been so obscure. Like, he's not a particularly notable figure. He doesn't do anything particularly Uh, notable with his life. He's just kind of like a guy. And so I think for a lot of people, he came to their attention in the last few years. Mm. And at this stage, it's possible to think of someone as, as being trans and a historical figure, whereas... 30 years ago it just kind of wasn't yeah 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 um, but i was thinking about him versus other people that we've talked about and i don't think there really is that much difference like there's certainly things that happened in harry's life that have happened in other like, trans masculine people's lives i've talked about and have been used as evidence of them actually being a lesbian not a man you know just like the fact that he's romantically linked to women and the fact that he you know is clearly finding work dressed as a man Mm. and so forth like these are things that are used constantly regarding Billy Tipton and and people we haven't Mm. like James Mm. Barry and so forth to say there's absolutely nothing to suggest they're transgender this is a woman who is you know potentially more masculine or just doing this because she has to
1: I mean that Um, doesn't make any sense as an argument like for Harry
0: Well, but I don't think it makes any more or less sense than than other instances that exist. No. Where yeah. that argument is ongoing about, you know, can you understand Billy Tipton as a transgender man or as a lesbian woman? And obviously we fell down, or I forced you guys to fall down, <laughs> on the side of, well, that's probably a trans man. But I just think it, it, it's interesting, you know, is there some kind of discussion we can have about, like, uh, a more complicated reading of his gender you know can we understand him to be a butch woman who wanted to go by harry and wanted to wear men's clothes but ultimately regarded himself as a woman or
1: it's kind (laughs) of impossible to say i guess because like we were talking about before whether or not harry is a trans man if it comes down to you know harry is going to say things like i'm actually a woman in those contexts where he's questioned about it there are no contexts in which Harry is actually making a comment about his gender identity and saying, I'm actually a woman. Harry's just sort of explaining a situation in Mm. the way that it's understood at the time. Mm. Yeah, it's hard to know what language Harry would use that would lead to a solid conclusion there from us. Mm. And it's,
0: it's weird to end up with those ambiguities because a lot of the time that ambiguity exists and therefore people conclude, so we can't conclude this was a transgender man, so it's a lesbian woman. Yeah. Um, Which has definitely created, like, an amount of, I guess, just, like, pushback as an immediate response from me to that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that Um, is understandable. Yeah. Like, I
0: think it's similar to the cases we've had where it's like, sure, maybe we can't technically say for sure that these two women were in a romantic relationship, but they lived together for 50 years, so we can understand them as lesbians. And it's like, well, maybe the most nuanced answer is like, well, you know, no, not necessarily. We need to have a discussion. But, like, when what you're constantly faced with is people kind of saying, like...
1: Oh, no, You can trends. never
0: say that that experience exists. Historically, yeah. for, for sure, it is very tempting to just be like, no, you know what, absolutely not. They were <laughs> yeah. lesbians. He was a man.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <done>. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, obviously, when you talk about history, you have to leave that ambiguity open, and, like, I don't want to
1: sometimes. I guess we're talking about in 1910, you know, presumably, like the same concept of a butch lesbian was not available and the same concept of a trans man was not available. Like For Harry Allen, he doesn't there's have like, no concept of that distinction, I guess, yeah, necessarily. Yeah. And I
0: guess it's just Hammer's home, as it does so often as well, about how people who are like, why is the T involved in LGB? This has nothing to do with each other until recently. Have no concept of how it works, Despite this general consensus on his identity, insofar as anyone's talked about him ever at all the crosscut article if you'll remember which talked about him being an example of ongoing issues with mm-hmm. transgender youth in the pacific northwest today still refers to him by his birth name and by she her pronouns um, oh what saying that it's to stay consistent with the way she was written about in her time even while clearly affirming that Harry was trans and that we might well refer
1: to her today as a he well uh, then why not do that why not do that yeah uh, and that but- just seems so nonsensical in an article about parallels between issues that this person <laughs> faced and issues that trans youth face today You're like correct, yeah. that's
0: just nonsensical and they were so close to having a good thought, and then they didn't. Yeah.
1: yeah. 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 Well, That's so common in articles that are like, hey, yes. maybe this historical figure was trans. That are like, really falling down on that side, they still just don't commit in that way.
0: Yeah. And I think it, like, we've talked about this before, about how that people don't really have a precedence of people just like, using what we would regard as like, the correct pronouns for mm. the trans historical
2: figure. Mm. And so
0: like, I better be safe and call them by the pronouns that go with the sex they are assigned at birth.
1: Yeah. It just happens yeah.
0: so much and we just need to continuously mention that that's, that's not how you make that decision. Yeah. I don't understand why you would want to stay consistent with these newspaper articles. No, like, they won't. Very... Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like people if people are reading your article that's like, hey, maybe Harry Allen was trans, let's talk about modern trans experience, let's talk about Harry Allen's experience, they're not going to be confused by you using different pronouns. Actually. Yeah, no, and no, I feel like that like chances are this is the first time they've heard of harry allen or if they've yeah. heard of harry allen before they've seen that one tumblr post that yeah. sometimes <laughs> with a couple of articles
2: in it
0: yeah and that's the thing as well is that i think for a lot of people the first time they hear about harry allen or whatever random historical trans figure the first time they hear about them is going to be in these random articles and seeing in this case she her pronouns used for someone who is a trans masculine person is only going to affirm in their mind so that's the appropriate way to yeah those people, yeah and it isn't
1: yeah So what are you doing? We just need to
0: keep not doing that until enough of a precedence is built up that people stop doing it.
1: Not like us personally. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
0: just like as a
1: society. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So as you mentioned, there there is a Tumblr post that goes around, which is like a good 30% of anything that has ever been said about Harry and the (laughs) internet. Yeah.
1: yeah. This Um, is the only reason I've ever heard of Harry Allen before today. Yeah.
0: And that is – that Tumblr post – if I recall correctly, happened because whoever made it saw the Wikipedia page that exists about him, which is very short. Mm It just sort of says, you know, he existed, there were a bunch of newspaper articles, here's a list of some titles. So we're going to talk about Wikipedia a little bit now.
1: (laughs) Okay. Okay. I didn't expect this
0: journey. If we don't have sources, then we talk about Wikipedia. (laughs) 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 <laughs> this is the only time we'll talk about wikipedia on this podcast the wikipedia article about him has referred to him as a trans man ever since it was created i don't know why it was created it did originate shortly after that crosscard story so maybe they read that who knows i oh, can yeah. assume and it does use male pronouns throughout however the edit section and <laughs> the article is engaged in a long back and forth about what to do about Harry's birth name so mm. it was in the original version of the article and it's been periodically taken out and put back in over yeah. the last like five years so I wanted to kind of talk about that about how we deal with the name that we're not mentioning in this episode Mm. that sometimes does need to be mentioned in places. Mm. So the Wikipedia Manual of Style does have provisions for these circumstances. It does have like a guide to okay. how to deal with like pictures of trans people before they transitioned and their birth names and so forth. And it, the guide is generally designed to minimize the use of people's birth names, kind of saying, you know, consider not using it at all or consider only having it in a footnote if necessary and things like that, oh, yeah. which seemed pretty solid. Yeah. yeah. And so the issue with... Harry is, of course, we only know about him via these newspaper articles.
2: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And these newspaper articles all refer to him by his birth name.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: so, if I wanted to share these articles with people, and I would like to put these up somewhere for people to access, because they were an absolute pain to find, and I'd like them to be more accessible, that is tantamounted as posting his birth name on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, but likewise, like, if someone wants to go and find these articles, I didn't search for Harry Allen in the archives online that i used i searched for his birth name yeah yeah so you know that information kind of does need to exist out there and whilst obviously it's not acceptable to refer to him as like birth name throughout the article having it mentioned as an alias for that purpose does in that case seem appropriate yeah but at the same time like as a trans person i understand how other trans people's response to that is a visceral how dare you And so this creates a sort of difficult circumstance that there's no real way out of.
1: Yeah, I guess there's the thing here where if we fall on the side of never publicize somebody's dead name, then we sort of essentially are saying that all of those articles that you used for your research should not be available, I guess.
0: Death notice, birth notice, I can't remember, but some kind of like, Mm -hmm. you know, birth, deaths and marriages type certificate thing is mentioned online and it has on there like name and it has his name that was his legal name throughout his life, and presumably that's on there because that was what was written on the certificate. And it's got comments on that from people saying, you need to remove that name. That's it, but that's an official piece of legal documentation. That's
1: (laughs) what it is, yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah. and and I don't mean that to say, like, oh, like, you know, if you think that we shouldn't be sharing his birth name, then you're an idiot or anything like that, because they're responding to, like, a real issue. Yeah. But it's not an easy one to deal with, and I wanted to note that, I guess. I think it would be easier if... was kind of a standard that like people took it really seriously having to deal with trans people's birth names and they were used very sparingly and only when it was like necessary to allow people to follow up further research and things like that which obviously isn't how like that article I mentioned has his dead name like as the title of the article.
1: <laughs> all right, all right, guys. You know? Yeah, yeah. In some ways,
0: it's easier for us on this podcast to choose to omit things like that because, like, we're not an academic source; we're not held to any standards. <laughs> we <laughs> can just we choose not to do that. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. can just omit that. But if I was writing like a journal article or something like this, I feel like it would have to be included at some point. Like, I'd have to cite articles.
1: Yeah, like yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it yeah. would
0: be nice if we could just kind of magically click our fingers and that information just disappears from the world. But mm. given that it's out there, we just have to focus on handling it as respectfully
1: as possible. I mean, I guess even just like being aware of it as sensitive information is our starting Mm. point.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, the default is still very much when writing about, say, a transgender woman, when writing like a biographical piece about how they start off born John Smith in 19-or-whatever. Yeah. It's like, okay, 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 okay. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Why did you think you needed to do that? Mm. Obviously, what we know about Harry and what we've talked about here is the result of the times that his life came into contact with the police. Mm. And it's by no means a full picture of a human being's life. So to that end, I wanted to finish on something a little different, which is just a little through line I noticed and picked out every mention of from (laughs) the articles, which was that Harry was a pianist. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yes. This is nothing to do with <laughs> anything. It's not really
1: anything interesting that's going to come out of this. this it's just a fun fact. Kind of hoping fact. that he
0: would have a monkey.
1: No, there's no
0: <laughs> So Miriam van Waters noted that he had a great musical ability, that he played several instruments, and that he had a pleasing singing voice. Hmm. He'd been offered work with vaudeville companies, but he refused them because he preferred to work outdoors. Oh, yeah. In 1905, he was arrested in a disorderly house and spent the night in jail, but what he'd been doing there was playing piano Mm. so he was the the pianist at the bar that night and in his possession when he was arrested once in 1908 was a letter from a music house saying that his song would soon be published
1: under the name of harry allen oh Oh, did his song get published i don't know We someone needs to do some archival work there yeah yeah Yeah. we can play his song we can change our theme music But, you know, I think it's nice to
0: just remember that he was a person with goals and wants and...
1: A life outside of getting arrested all the time for no good reason and sometimes a good reason. Yes. Yeah.
0: With that, we've been Queers Fact. My name is Eli. I'm Alice. I'm Irene. If you would like to contact us, you can find us on Facebook, Tumblr, and Twitter as Fat. You can also email us directly at careersfact at gmail.com. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can give us a monthly pledge on Patreon. As we mentioned at the top of this episode, uh, one of the things that our Patreon supporters do is vote on the topics of a few episodes a season. So they're responsible for this. I'm not, I was not involved. <laughs> uh, so if you would like to do that or get involved uh, without, any of the other rewards we have there check that out you can also buy our merch through Redbubble if you'd like to support us without money being involved you can listen to this podcast on Podbean Spotify Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast I don't know why I would say this when you listen to the podcast right now you know, you know how to do it and if you do listen to us on Apple Podcasts we would really appreciate if you could leave us a review and a rating out of five stars because it really helps us to find a wider audience there's a reason why every podcast you listen to tells you to do this at the end it's true do, do it, it. <laughs> well, we'll just mention it to you know your friends, your mailman your dentist, <laughs>
1: what
0: have you ah. yeah. <laughs> Park. Yes. Yeah. with that beautiful
2: sound
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back on December 15th when I'll be talking about 17th century Queen Nzinga of Ndongo thanks for listening and we'll see you then